Morning, everyone, wherever you are. Today's reading is taken from John chapter 1 and it's verses 1 to 14. That can be found on page 1063 in the Church Bibles. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born of not natural descent, nor of human decision, or a human's will, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I'm Neil, the Associate Vicar here at St. Jude's. And I don't know about you, but for me, this is turning out to be a bit of an odd Christmas again. The last two years, we haven't been able to plan anything without wearing masks or lots of hand sanitizer and exclusion zones. And this year, it just feels a little bit weird as well. There's lots of things that we haven't been able to do that we're hoping we will be able to do and things that we're worried about that we've never been worried about before, those heating bills and then the cost of living and then all sorts of strikes that get added to each and every day. On the news this week, I don't know whether you saw it, there was a little clip where they went into school to ask children about the effects of uh, the situation that we're in at the moment. And one little boy, they were sat in their blue jumpers behind their desk, one little boy said, instead of putting the heating on, Mum tells me I have to put another jumper on. And then it came to another little boy, and the little boy said, I've heard that Santa might not be able to get all the presents that children expect this year. That's a bit tough, isn't it? That's managing expectations. That's living in the reality of the moment. This morning, we're thinking about some good news. Some good news about Christmas, some good news we have to hear each and every year to make sure that we get into this, the centre of the message of Christmas. And the news is that in the midst of all the messiness, God is with us. 
God is with us. This Advent, we've been looking at how each of the Gospels starts the story of Jesus coming into the world. Do you remember in Matthew, it starts with all those names that point to who Jesus is, his identity. And then last week, we heard about the angel coming and telling Mary what, she, what, was, it, what was expected of her and that Mary said yes. And this morning, we have the opening lines from John's Gospel. Lines that combine the mystery and the mayhem that Jesus causes when he arrives on earth. There's so much in this small passage that we could reflect on, so much that, so many threads that we could unravel to see what Christmas means. There's the relationship of the Father and the Son. There's the light of the world that can never be overcome by the darkness. There's the paradox of truth and grace coming together colliding in a certain per- in one single person filled with grace and truth but today we're going to be looking at one particular verse verse 14 and this verse says the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us this is what christmas is all about Forget the tinsel and the trees, the turkey and the crackers. This is what Christmas is about. God with us. In the, Brit- in the British Museum, they had an exhibition once called Living with Gods. And the oldest artifact that they had was this carving of a, that was made out of a mammoth's tusk. So it was obviously going to be pretty old. They dated it at 40,000 years old. It was found in the back of a cave in southern Germany. And it's a carving of a man with a lion's head, the head of a cave lion. And when they looked at it, they found that it had been worn smooth. And they surmised that this was because this carving was passed from person to person. It was an object of worship of this lion, man, God, And what it said in the publicity for that exhibition was this. Belief in spiritual beings and worlds beyond nature are characteristics of all human societies. So the science says that instinctively we know that there is something out there beyond this physical realm. We are inherently inclined to believe in gods or a god because something deep within us is searching for meaning and purpose and we know that that can only be answered, that searching, by God. Sometimes we talk about people finding God. Ooh, did you hear? She's gone and found God. And it's not really very positive most of the time. But the story of Christmas, the story that John tells, the amazing words that he uses point to God coming to find us. It's not about us finding God, but God coming to find us. He came searching for us. He stepped into our world to live alongside us. He made his dwelling amongst us. And you may know that the dwelling word in this verse 
he came and made his dwelling amongst us. The dwelling word comes from a family of words in Greek that are to do with camping. So you could translate it as he pitched his tent amongst us. That's what God came to do. Imagine us all out camping in a field and there was God's tent. And it takes us back to that picture of God with his people in the wilderness after the exodus. There's a tabernacle and in some versions it's translated God came and tabernacled amongst us. The tabernacle was where you went to meet with God, where Moses met face to face with God. God was there in the heart of the camp. God was there amongst them. God is with us. God comes to find us. The way that uh, Eugene Peterson translates this particular verse in the message version of the Bible is this. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Some people like that, some people hate it, but that's another way of looking at this verse. God came to be with us. He came to find us. Out of all of the belief systems that have been known down through history, Christianity is unique in this, that God came to be with us. No other faith says that God became man that God revealed himself most fully in a person who came full of grace and truth. As Christians, we have this unique privilege of seeing what God looks like, of seeing who God is. In Jesus, we see his compassion and his kindness, his bravery, his honesty. In Jesus, we see what God looks like. We see who who God is. And we see at Christmas where this all started, that God was prepared to enter the world in the body of a tiny baby to make this possible. He didn't come to shock us, to provoke us. He came to gently disturb us, to be loved and to love, to bring joy and hope because that's what babies bring. There's a little baby over there bringing some love and joy and hope into that family. God is revealed to us in Jesus. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel. Jesus' other name, Emmanuel, God with us. The one who dwelt amongst us and showed us who God was, what God was like. And this is really important for us today because our society all around us tells, that, tells us that life is all about us and who we are. It's up to us to make our lives the life that we want it to be. We can pick and choose what news we watch. We can pick and choose which people we associate with, who we follow on Twitter, who are our friends on Facebook. And when there's a disagreement, if there's a disagreement, and often there is, The modern way of dealing with disagreement is just to cancel or block the other person. Because there's plenty of people who do agree with us, so we just meet more of them and we block out all the people that we disagree with. I have a gift for you this morning. Some words that we came across uh, in this book that we've been reading as a staff team. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And in one of the chapters... 
there are these words that I want to share with you this morning. This is my gift, my present to you this Christmas. Life is hard. You are not that important. Your life is not all about you. You are not in control. You are going to die. Happy Christmas. <laughs> this is the reality. And if you're here for the first time, uh, don't leave now because there's some good news coming. <laughs> but, but this is the reality. Life is hard. You are not that important. Your life is not all about you. You are not in control. You are going to die. This is the truth. Yes, do take a photo of that slide if you want to, because I forget one of them when I uh, try and tell people about them, but do take a photo if you want to. This is the truth that will help us to live well. This is why we were never meant to do life in our own strength. This is why it's important that God is with us. This week... I don't know whether you saw it, but there was a documentary about the organization Alcoholics Anonymous. And they had the documentary because it's 75 years since Alcoholics Anonymous started in the UK. It was originally from America in the 1930s, and then it came over here, and 75 years ago, the first meeting happened in the Dorchester Hotel in London. And... Uh, the idea of Alcoholics Anonymous, if you haven't come across it, is that people get together, it's called a fellowship, and they share the truth about who they are and they find a way to overcome alcoholism. And at the start of the documentary, the people who were presenting it, it was almost as if they were having real trouble getting their heads around the fact that at the center of Alcoholics Anonymous is God. God is at the center of Alcoholics Anonymous. Every meeting starts with a prayer, this serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, <coughs> courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. And in the Alcoholics Anonymous program, there are 12 steps. And those steps include recognizing that there is a higher power who is the only one who is going to help us out of the situation that we're in. That higher power isn't sort of specified. It was a Christian God when it started. People can choose which God they want to choose. But what it says is that you can't do it in your own strength. The people who go to Alcoholics Anonymous usually go as a last resort. They are desperate. They are helpless. They know their need for something outside of them to help them through life. The presence of God makes the difference. And at the end of the program, they interviewed person after person who said that Alcoholics Anonymous had saved them, that they were only alive because of Alcoholics Anonymous. And at the center of Alcoholics Anonymous is God. It works because people are no longer trying to defeat the enemy on their own. God is with them. We live in a world that's obsessed with taking back control. But the terrible burden of being in control is that when things go wrong, it's your own fault. There's nobody else to blame. There's nowhere to go to get help. 
There's no source of meaning or purpose outside of yourself. This week, I was talking to a young mum about her faith, and she said she saw one of her friends start going to church and become a Christian, and she wanted to find out what had made the difference to her friends. So she went along as well, and it took a little while, but at university, she gave her life to Jesus. And she said, once I gave my life to Jesus and I prayed, I found a peace that I'd never experienced before in my life. And so I carry on being a Christian because I know it works. When I pray, I get that peace. When I don't pray, I don't have that peace. This works. This works because God is with us. Life works because God is with us. God came and pitched his tent amongst us because he loves us. He sent his only son Jesus to be our saviour, to set us free from all the things that we can't sort out ourselves. And it's important to see that Jesus came to rescue this world by entering into all the messiness of the everyday, ordinary lives of the people who welcomed him. God came to be born of Mary. Mary, who was an unmarried mother. That's the reason that they had to look for room, a room in an inn when they got to Bethlehem. Normally in the Middle East, if your relatives come to town, you put them up. But Mary and Joseph weren't acceptable because she had a great big bump in her belly and they weren't married, so they weren't welcomed with their relatives. They had to go and find a place at the inn and she ended up giving birth in the stable. Just as little Ellie Tams gave birth right here in the nursery nativity on Friday. She laid the baby in the manger and it was a bit head first, wasn't it? But it was just lovely. Jesus came into the world, a world that was just as anxious and uncertain as ours. He came to a people who thought that they could please God by keeping all the rules, that thought that they could be right with God by their own strength, by doing it themselves. Jesus came to show that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And his followers were people who were messed up, desperate, helpless people. It may seem that faith in God is on the way out, that we, in our day, have found ways to do life without God. But searching for God is a common characteristic of every human society. Christmas tells us that he came to meet us, to meet that need, for we couldn't make life work without him. It's life with God that works. However we do Christmas this year, we need to make sure that we let the people around us know that God is with us. Whether that's singing carols on the streets or perhaps in the pub tonight or feeding those on the margins at Friday Fridge, it might be a smile to someone in a ridiculously long queue at the checkout. It might be leaving a random present on a neighbor's doorstep just to brighten up their day. The reality is that life is hard, but God is with us. He makes the difference. 
He helps us get through. This is the story that we celebrate. And this story makes a difference. It's why we pass it on to the children at the nursery nativity. It's why we send out and give out invitations so that as many people can come as can come. God is for us. He came and pitched his tent amongst us. And God is with us. And that changes everything. God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. Amen. We're going to sing in a moment. Would you like to stand? And I've got a short prayer to say for us all this Christmas time. Let's stand and let's pray. Lord, we acknowledge that we are desperate for you. And we ask that you would fill your church with your presence and help us to be a place that ministers to the poor and to those in need. Help us to be a place of truth and peace where people bring their friends and family because they've heard that God is with us. Amen. Just before we sing, we're going to have communion after this song. So if your children are in groups and they need collecting, now's the time to go and collect them from their groups. But let's sing this lovely prayer of blessing for all of us.